airs this. The opinions that you hear are those of the host and callers, and not those of iHeartMedia, its management, or advertisers. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Phillips File, broadcasting high atop the iHeartMedia complex on WTKS-FM, HD1, Cocoa Beach, Orlando. Available anywhere you go on the iHeartRadio app. Download it now. Groundbreaking. Critically acclaimed. And now, The Phillips File. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Yeah, it is. Hello there. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome. It is the start of the Phillips File. This one for Wednesday. That's Wednesday, April 18th. And on these Wednesdays, we skip the big intros because we focus on the opioid and heroin addiction crisis in Central Florida, at least the first 30 minutes of the program. On Wednesday, we have talked with addicts. We have talked with recovering addicts. We've talked with counselors and specialists and administrators. This is interview number seven. And we're pleased to have in studio Shannon Robinson, who is the Senior Vice President for Medical Operations at Aspire Health Partners, which is a nonprofit behavioral health care organization. Let's get it underway. Welcome to the program. Thanks for helping us out with this. Thanks so much for having me today. Let's give a, get a little bit of uh, background on the history and the purpose of Aspire Health Partners. What is it? How long has it been around? So Aspire um, is a combination of three organizations that have been within a, working within the community for probably over a hundred years combined Um, within the last five years, um, the three legacy companies merged to create an entire behavioral health continuum within our servicing counties to provide both substance abuse and mental health services to our five surrounding counties. And you're talking the central Florida counties, Orange, Osceola, Lake, uh, Brevard, and Volusia. That's correct. Essentially. Uh, Now tell us, I mean, you, you, You've seen, how long have you been with with Aspire Partners? So I am coming up on nine years. Okay. What have you seen as far, you're, you're in charge of medical operations. What does that essentially mean? That's essentially all of your medical-driven um, services. So any of your acute care services, your inpatient detoxification, your medication-assisted treatments, your hospital collaboratives um, that provide those access services to individuals needing medical stabilization. So you're seeing these individuals come in. Would you would you essentially say that the opioid slash heroin addiction problem that we have in Central Florida is is it better? Is it worse? Is it growing? What's what's the status as far as your observation? Well, we're actually in the midst of an epidemic um, right now, and it's certainly getting worse. We're seeing upwards of sometimes 30 overdoses in a central area. Um, in the Orlando area in a weekend. Oh, my. Now, who are you seeing coming in? Are there people, I mean, do they get you out of the so-called the yellow pages? Are they referred to your organization? How, how, how does that work? So we actually receive individuals from multiple referral sources. So we actually receive individuals who voluntarily request services, Mm -hmm. whether it be acute care services or medication-assisted treatment. We also receive... Um, 
referrals from your community hospitals where individuals have seeked crisis stabilization services. We receive from law enforcement and we receive from court recommendations and mandates. Now, is this an inpatient and outpatient type of, uh, of operation to people come in and is, is it a residence where they can get treatment or is it a daily process where they, where they get some kind of treatment? What, what exactly is the procedure? So we have actually an, an entire continuum of substance okay. abuse disorder um, programs, including inpatient detoxification, medication-assisted treatment, residential services, crisis stabilization, IOP, which is intensive outpatient services. So an entire continuum for services for these individuals. Who are you seeing coming in? There's a stereotype, <laughs> and we talk about this all the time or since we started these interviews, the stereotype, of course, that many people have, even though I think it's beginning to go away, is that the typical person who has an addiction problem with opioids or heroin fits a, um, uh, fits a, a certain profile, that they're down and out, they're skid in the gutter, skid, skid row type of person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. who, who are you seeing coming in so and, the and people, seeking assistance? Right. So opiate use disorder does not discriminate. Um, and we see people from all walks of life um, you and me, that's what our patients look like, you and me. Um, when we get down to the depths of the bottom of the addiction component, that's where you start to see someone has hit rock bottom and right. you see some of those stereotypical um, classifications of what a heroin addict or an opiate use disorder individual looks like. But certainly it doesn't start off like that. How does it start? So it can be something as simple as a traumatic injury. Um, 85% of all heroin users started off with a prescription opioid. Um, many of them through legitimate prescriptions. Um, it can start off from a crisis, a situation. Um, certainly addiction has a uh, genetic predisposition that's associated with it. Um, so it, we are seeing people from all walks of life. It does not discriminate. Shannon Robinson is our guest. She is the senior vice president for medical operations at Aspire Health Partners. So when they when they refer to to Aspire or they make contact with Aspire, what's the process that they go through? They come in, they're interviewed, and and what happens then? So they go through a comprehensive addiction assessment mm -hmm. to identify some of the areas in which um, they are struggling with. With individuals with opiate use disorder, which we're focusing on right now, individuals go through a very um, specific evaluation, one, to ensure that we're able to stabilize these individuals. Opiate withdrawal is is terrible. Tell the audience about this. We, um, we always, I don't know whether we do a good job or not. Even some of the recovering addicts or the addicts we've had on the program try to describe this and how difficult it is. They, and most of them, and tell me if, if you, if you follow this or believe in this or, or agree with it, most of them are trying to avoid the pain. They get addicted to a particular substance and the withdrawal is so terrible that they're just seeking relief from, from the withdrawal problem. Absolutely. That's 100% correct. And what I would say is initially they're, they're um, drawn to that euphoria feeling that they initially get with that initial high. You have pain and you take something, whether it's a pill or whether it's an opioid and the pain goes away, whether it's from an injury, whatever the case might be. And then all of a sudden you're addicted, maybe try to withdraw withdraw on your own and the and the withdrawal is so severe and so bad to us it's been described as the flu times 10 it might be times 100 i don't know 
That's and right. And who, who wouldn't want to, to ease that That's and have exactly it go away? Right. You need some relief from yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. That's sure. exactly, exactly right. It is like the absolute worst flu you can ever imagine and then double that or triple that. You've seen these individuals go through withdrawal? It's 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 absolutely horrendous. Body aches, sweating. I mean, what? You- they look like they're going to die because they feel so awful. Um, it involves every aspect of their their system, they are sweating, they have body aches, they're vomiting, they have diarrhea, they're shivering, their blood pressure, their their heart rate. It's they 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 feel like they're going to die. Um, and if you take that analogy in regards to the flu, um, any of us who comes down with the flu immediately seeks medical attention to relieve those symptoms, to get relief from that. And if you had the worst flu you've ever had in your life and someone was to say, take this and it all goes away, there's not a whole lot of those individuals or there's not a whole lot of us that wouldn't do that. Exactly. Um, And this becomes a relentless cycle for them. It's no longer about getting high. It's about not getting sick. Um, they spend their entire day just trying to avoid that opiate withdrawal syndrome. Um, it's, it's pretty awful. And I don't even think those of us who haven't experienced it could even remotely describe exactly what it is. Um, but being able to witness it, it's, it's pretty awful. Because we hear from people when we do these programs who claim that individuals uh, should simply be able to to buck up, and uh, it's just a matter of they're weak. That is not the case at all. Not at all. Um, this is definitely not a mind-over-matter um, disease. This is something that actually affects the limbic system in the brain, um, hijacks those decision-making components, and actually interrupts the mu receptors where you get those craving sensations. It then becomes a constant drug dream about getting that to subside those um, withdrawal syndromes. It is not a mind over matter, just like no different than any chronic progressive disease such as diabetes or hypertension. Do you see people who are working, we, we know of working alcoholics, people who have problems with, with uh, alcohol substance uh, problems. Uh, there are individuals out there who have opioid addictions but are still working? Absolutely, absolutely. They have families? Absolutely. We have PTO, uh, PTA moms. We have businessmen, executive women. Absolutely. It does not discriminate. Did you see a rise from your personal experience with, with, with Aspire once the pill mill crackdowns really came into effect that the op- opioid addictions and the heroin addictions began to rise in Central Florida? Can we make that connection? We absolutely can without, make without that Without putting any blame on anybody, why? But I mean, did, is that essentially what we saw? Yes, absolutely. That's what we saw. And that that's what goes along with unintended consequences. Um, if you don't address an epidemic and create services and access to care to address that epidemic, you will see a transition. In Something that. else will pop up. Something else will pop up. And when you're talking about prescription opioids, they're going to seek those opioids to subside those withdrawal syndromes. Um, yes, we did. When you take a population as significant as the individuals who we were struggling with the prescription mm-hmm. um, epidemic, and now that's no longer available, mm-hmm. they've got to get it somewhere. Right. And so our stereotypical individuals that you would see seeking out heroin didn't look the same anymore. You actually had people who were working, who were 
had families who were successful, who had everyday lives, who no longer had access to an essential drug um, to continue to get through the day. We'll continue this conversation. Shanna Robinson, she is the Senior Vice President for Medical Operations at, at Aspire Health Operations, or Aspire Health Partners, excuse me. We'll can you continue this conversation in a couple of minutes. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. Phillips file for this Wednesday. You know, every Wednesday we take the first 30 or 40 minutes of the program to focus on the opioid and heroin crisis here in Central Florida. Our guest this afternoon is Shannon Robinson, who happens to be the Senior Vice President for Medical Operations at Aspire Health Partners. This is a nonprofit behavioral health care organization. All right, I'm, a, I, I'm, I'm an addict. I've got a problem. I've, uh, I'm on pills, I'm on opioids, I'm a heroin. I make contact with Aspire. What happens? So once an individual seeks services, um, ideally they would seek that in our acute care area. Um, they are initially evaluated by a nurse to determine their needs. A complete physical and history is done. Um, a COWS, which is the opiate scoring system, to see at what point they are in withdrawal um, and what we need to do for them immediately to stabilize Mm -hmm. them. Um, From that, a complete assessment is done and then medications are ordered accordingly because some of those individuals have other health conditions that need to be managed at the same time. That individual is seen by an addiction um, medical provider, a physician, ARMP, or physician's assistant, and immediately placed on a detoxification or induction protocol, depending on what that individually specifically needs. What's the, is there, is there, I mean, there's not, but is there, is there one procedure for getting people off opioids and heroin? Does, is one better than the other? Or does it just matter, matter what the individual, who the individual is and their problem? Just like any other medical condition, there isn't a cookie-cutter recipe that addresses the individual's specific needs. We have to really, really understand what that individual's needs are. Certainly, we have protocols in place to detox and taper and induct individuals on. But there's other components that go along with treating that biopsychosocial disease and addressing the opiate withdrawal syndromes. Um, Certainly, some medication-assisted treatments are good for one person may be methadone or buprenorphine, another person may be appropriate for Vivitrol, and another person may not be appropriate for medication-assisted treatment at all. Um, and the only way to understand that and identify that is to do those comprehensive assessments and really meet that patient where, where they're at. So I'm in, I'm in need of assistance. I don't have any, I don't have any health insurance. Uh, d- does it matter? It does not. Aspire Health Partners actually provides medical detoxification and treatment services to individuals, whether they have insurance, whether they don't have insurance, whether they're underinsured, meaning that they have insurance but have such a high deductible that they're unable to meet that. And we also have specialty funding programs, which individuals from specialty populations fit into. How many clients are you seeing or how many clients have gone through Aspire? Can can you give us a number? The entire Aspire, but I can tell you the inpatient detoxification unit um, which is a 40-bed facility, turns over its entire census about every day and a half, and probably, what? yes, and probably a year, 25 to 3,000 people go through those doors. In the four or five county central Florida area? That's correct. Wow. 
I never thought. What you'd is say the that. rate as uh, if you have the stats or the number, the rate of uh, recidivism, the number of people relapse. who go and relapse mm-hmm. and so the average person, yeah, the average person relapses four times before they're actually no in kidding. recovery. Wow. And it really depends on whether we are actually engaging these individuals in treatment. So if they're simply going through detoxification, detoxification is not treatment; it's stabilization. Um, so it's the equivalence of going up to the med surge or the ICU unit in the hospital and then stepping down to home care to continue to recover. Um, these individuals go through detox to ease some of the discomfort and stabilize um, their opiate withdrawal syndromes and then should then immediately step down with a warm handoff to some of those step-down services, medication-assisted treatment, clinical services to address some of the biopsychosocial components, and many of our patients need psychiatric services as well because many of them have both substance abuse and mental health um, co-occurring disorders. You're getting clients from different parts of the state, is that correct? That is correct. We specialize in the pregnant and postpartum population, so we receive pregnant and postpartum mm-hmm. women from across the state. Is this because in other parts of the state they just don't have enough space or is it because they don't have the programs in place? They don't have the programs in place and there is a significant lack of services. You've seen this problem for a number of years if you could what what part of is is central florida ground zero for this problem per capita or is it the more rural counties maybe in the, in the panhandle that have a worse problem because they don't have the facilities or the programs, procedures to deal with people who have addic- addiction problems? I think we're all experiencing this epidemic. I think certainly the rural areas that have lack of resources and programs that are in place to access these, some of your, you know, your rural counties, definitely it's impacted because these individuals don't have access to services and simply lack of providers who can provide those services. Um, you know, Central Florida, we are in that corridor of, of, of that, you know, the, I guess you could say the red zone yeah. um, and certainly the Miami-Dade area. You, I'm go sorry, go ahead. Oh, go I was ahead. wondering how long is an average stay? In other words, is it a 30-day program and then, then you're out there with your prescription and hoping that you do okay? Or how long do you keep them? A week? Oh, a whole month? Okay, again, it's, it's very specific to the individual. You have individuals who have very specific needs based mm-hmm. on their chronicity of their disease. So your inpatient detoxification stay is generally five to seven days. That's okay. rapid stabilization and detoxification or induction onto a medication-assisted right. treatment, methadone, buprenorphine, or Vivitrol. Um, Individuals can come into services if they're going into res- residential. They can stay anywhere from 30 to 90 days. And in some cases, they're there longer, depending on their specific needs and the support systems that are in place to help them maintain their recovery. What's the telephone number for Aspire? I know we're going to get texts and we'll get telephone calls. We don't have enough time to put them on the air. But peep, every time we have an individual, whether it's an addict or an administrator or, or someone like you, we get these texts coming in. What's the telephone number? How can they get a hold of Aspire? What's right. that first step that they can take? So your general... Um, number for the inpatient detoxification, which is generally the first step for individuals with opiate use disorder, is going to be 407-245-0012. Okay. And then you're going to listen to the prompts and go to to the scheduling department, registration, or the charge nurse. What do you, what do you see as the, as do you think this is going to settle down anytime soon? I don't even know what that means anytime soon, but it's, Every time we talk to someone about this problem, no one seems very optimistic. 
I mean, they're doing great work in helping people who have these substance abuse problems. They're all trying to do the best in the area that they that they serve. But I, we haven't talked to anybody yet, whether it's an addict, recovering addict, or someone like you who says they see the light at the end of the tunnel. Do you? I think we have a lot of work to do. I think that we have made a significant amount of progress, especially with some of the um, hospital collaborations and some of the organizational collaborations. But I think it's going to take ongoing education, involvement, care coordination, and commitment to addressing the real problem. If you've identified someone who is in need of substance use services, have that conversation. Um, if, if someone comes in on an overdose, that's a clear picture to you. Certainly it wasn't an intentional overdose. It was unintentional, but that's because they've lost control to make reasonable decisions in regards to their opiate use disorder. Um, that is a sign that I need to do something to intervene in these individuals. And maybe I just need someone who has the professional expertise to give me an opinion on this. You're a registered nurse. How long have you been a registered nurse? So I have been in the medical field for over 20 years. And you, and how did you, I mean, when you started in the medical field as a nurse, did you, did you see yourself moving in this direction? How did, how did, you, how, how did this happen? Actually, I have to tell you, no, I, I did not. I definitely. I would have to ask you, are you a recovering addict? I mean, I have to ask you. I am not. Okay. I am not. Um, uh, definitely have some family history in regards to that, but I am not in recovery myself. Um, I did not see myself in behavioral health early in my career, probably because I really didn't understand it. Um, you can live something and not totally understand um, the disease. Sure. Um, so in some cases, I had much to learn, though I had lived experience. Um, so you know, I, I was kind of gravitated into this direction. I started, you know, in the ED and then progressed into high-risk OB and then recognized that we had a real problem, a real problem. Is there something about the brain of an addict, whether it's alcohol, substance abuse, whether it's opioids, whether it's heroin, is there something, are, are the, is the medical community saying there's something different about their brain? There's something maybe different about the pleasure center of their brain as opposed to other individuals? Absolutely. I'm an, I have an addictive personality. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, addiction in general is a brain disease, um, and it's a chronic and progressive disease. And it can otherwise be defined as a disease process lasting longer than three months, and it can't be prevented. Um, it is very similar to some of your other chronic progressive diseases. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's a condition that you're constantly trying to treat, and it's, it, it takes ongoing um, treatment to mm -hmm. manage. Mm -hmm. Give us the telephone number once again for it's, Aspire. For Aspire inpatient detoxification is 407 Two four five zero zero one two. You've been a wonderful guest and great information. We appreciate it very much, and you're doing great work in the community. We want to let you know that as well. Thank you're you. You're helping a lot of people. Thank you very much. That is Shannon Robinson, who is the Senior Vice President for Medical Operations at Aspire Health Partners, and they cover a four- to five-county area here in Central Florida. So the Phillips File continues to look at the opioid and heroin crisis here in Central Florida. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1.